Uh, hey, everybody, it's uh, Saturday night. Well, it's evening, actually, 6 p.m. That's, like, less sad, you know. It's not after 7. It will be, but by the time I'm done. Yeah, but I'm here firing up Twitter here. We're going to do a trending Twitter Tuesday episode. Okay, so I got Twitter going here. My phone keeps getting unplugged. Its battery's low. My timing is not, uh... Let's see, trends here. I had France up. Uh, let's go with France. Uh, I don't know what any of those are. Uh, some of them I do because the euro's going on. But so I was thinking, uh, originally I had one. I, I said, what am I going to do tonight? I was just out with a dog. I'm dog sitting again. And me and the girl, I call them the girls because uh, they're both uh, female dogs. Uh, I guess they prefer the ladies, uh, uh, but we were out for a while. Well, it wasn't really a stroll. It was, uh, I think it was called, hey, can you test my patience every single inch of this walk uh, between the two of you, please? And then the smaller one said, well, how about I tie you up in my leash? Uh, and I said, well, sounds sounds like a, sounds like a joyous uh, way to uh, prefer a sleep podcast. Get all that out again. And they said, exactly. We're trying to help you. And I said, can we call it a walk if each one of you t- takes a st- stops every second? Uh, alter- do you alternate on purpose or is that just a, is that just my, and they said, no, that's just what you focus on. And I say, oh, you too. Cause they, so that I said, well, that's probably out as a topic for the podcast. And then I was thinking of some other ideas, but then we sat down and started recording and what came up cloud catching and. And then uh, sidekicks and love. And I was saying, well, just have a sidekick lover. It has a nice ring to it. Uh, like she does a sidekick lover. Sidekick lover. But I, I don't know. There's got, it seems like there's some story swamp stuff in there. Because I just wonder if, uh, I mean, there has to be. I'm sure there's uh, brighter minds of mine have been making comics for a long time. So I'm sure that there's been. I mean, maybe we shouldn't explore, but then it's like, okay, well, we're we're here, so we might as well delve into the story. So I'm, I'm feeling a little bit shaky, uh, just because I say, well, geez, this is definitely a topic where I don't want to take any easy ways. So I'm trying to think of like a history. And I say, well, geez, what you know, mentors? Like, what's the difference between a sidekick and a men? Like a sidekick. What do you call, if you're the sidekick, what do you just call, you know, that you, like you're both heroes. Uh, but, you know, I guess it's not always necessarily a mentor-mentee relationship, is it? Uh, I mean, ideally, I guess if you're the sidekick, that's what you're looking for. Or maybe not. Because I guess as some people try to explain to me this mentorship thing. They're like, you know, it should be like a two-way street. I'm always like, well, two-way, I'm looking for a mentor that'll bring me total certainty. That That's what I'm looking for. And they say, well, gee, Scoots, it's a two-way street. And I say, exactly, they get to provide me with certainty. That's a pretty, and they say, well, maybe that's why they all get nervous talking to you, because they know that's what you, and they say, yeah, well, that's a role. I mean, can you imagine how good it feels to provide certainty? So, well, they, they can't, and they say, well, if this, so maybe that's why I need to delve into the world of superheroes, and maybe I should return to the world of fantasy. And I guess that's, I've already retreated to that. Now I'm retreating, maybe I need to retreat to a deeper level.
So I guess it doesn't always mentor-mentee relationship. And for some reason, I'm having a mental block. I'm not kidding. I can only picture Batman and Robin. Like the Hulk. Let's just run through some famous ones. And no. I mean, there's. I know. I don't know enough about the history. There's Red Hulk and there's Green Hulk. And I'm pretty sure there's a She-Hulk, but she may be unrelated to the Hulk. I think she was a science, like an astrophysicist or something, from, if memory serves me correctly. The last time I encountered her, I remember her working at some sort of science station. So I think she just happens to be green. Um, Iron Man, they, they kind of end, like, was that other guy? Civil Shield, what's his name? Uh, Captain America, they think they, those two are both kind of strong personalities. Like they probably, they don't seem like anybody, you know, lone wolves. Uh, but again, I guess like I would be, yeah, who would I, I mean, so, and they say, okay, well, don't you know any other, and I say, I know a lot of other comic book characters, but my brain's gummed up. I was thinking maybe the Europeans, like they, you know, they're more enlightened with their sexuality. From what I hear, uh, but I just I say you get to have firsthand experience, uh, except you know we're in the same world of uh, imagination. Uh, even the, I say, okay, please don't kiss your hands during the podcast. Please don't do it. And I said, don't worry, brain. I'm I'm, I'm doing the podcast. I'm just fine. Don't uh, you know? Don't creep in in the middle of the show. Uh, but I do. They say the most of Europeans. They say, well, those are our footballers, are our our superheroes, and they're not, you know, dressed. They're dressed in their kits, you know, not in their uh, latex suits or whatever you Americans, you Yanks do. I can remember the. the I think it was poor Ott. Uh, it was a, uh, it was one of the, I think that was a great, that was a great, because uh, you, you, they cover a lot of this stuff up, or I guess because I just don't pay attention. You know, we're interested, like our news usually covers, you know, a couple things, but never European superheroes. And if you want to read about that stuff, it's, you know, expensive. Uh, and of course, then there's been those times in our history, even our recent history, Right when I got into French as uh, comic books, you know, they became free. They said, well, those are freedom comic, but, but we don't like it. I said, okay, wait, so you like freedom, but not French. But I have to call these French comic books freedom comic books, but you want to take them from me. Well, if you love your country, I say, okay, wait a second, back it up. So, so these aren't for, because I paid a lot for these because they're imports, uh, so I never read those uh, because they were taken from me. You know, Freedom Comic. I said, well, I refuse to call them Freedom Comic books. And they said, well, we'll just take them then. And they said, that's fine. Go ahead. And they said, take them away. Uh, no, that didn't really happen. That was just trying to imagine circumstances where my French comic books would be taken. But like I was saying, there was, there, there was this great, I remember that I hearing about this through different channels about this European, because I don't know what, when the imbalance came, that there's all this action on this side of the pond. I guess, what you see, are we the biggest polluter? We're the loudest. You know, we got, you know, we got the most war stuff, I think. It was, so they say, okay, well, that's where the villains strike. Most, mo, most, I don't even know if we are any of the most anymore. And they say, well, you're the most. 
more most dull am i the you know could i keep our country you know you know go yeah like we're the i'm i'm taking the lead and keeping america dull but this isn't about pride or anything this is just about uh uh, superheroes so this was over in europe so that's why this might explain why you've never heard any of this i guess that was my whole point uh and getting a little convoluted with my internal critic who's deciding to butt in with uh, the recording today i guess a little bit what i'll do is just talk a little slower and we'll see how that goes but this there was this great european uh comic book series it was called pour out yeah, P-O-R-A-U-T, Porat. And I, I I always wondered what it was. Uh, I said, does that stand, P-O-R, is that like in, like, which language is it in? Is it like a, like a, like a legion of superheroes? Does that stand for something? Like Spectre, that just standed for something. Cobra stood for something with Cobra Commander, I think. Citizens of... A bad something. I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but Porat was uh, was this uh, place of. Uh, uh, it was like a super European superhero council team. Uh, you know what? I guess I should come qu- clean with you guys. I, I've been trying. I guess because I've been having trouble with getting this story started. Because I guess I'm a little bit embarrassed. You know how I am. And I might as well just come clean. I guess I can't hide my, you know, I was trying to do a little story smooth over, but I might as well come out with the truth is that I've been writing, uh, sidekick, like, uh, I'd say mild erotica, maybe not erotica, neurotica. That's probably what I would write. Uh, exactly other part of my brain that just cracked that joke. That's pretty good. Actually, neurotica. Yeah, I've been writing it for a while now, and the the poor out was a kind of convention in in Portugal for uh, uh, what do you call it? Badur is that what the, the polite term is? Badur uh, superhero, you know. I mean, it also other stuff. So it was like kind of like a con, a C O N. I think the P didn't stand for Portugal either, or the O. I can't remember what it stood for because I was really nervous because this was the first. I thought this would be my big break because I'd been writing it. And this was years before the podcast uh, and years, you know, it's still one of my many passions that I pursue in all my spare time when I'm not making the show. And it did start with uh, Robin being in love with Batman. I mean, which was the most obvious place to start when you can only remember uh, Batman and Robin, and it was like a frustrated, but it became clear to me. I said, okay, well, I, that's, those aren't my characters and that's not my job, uh, to probe them. And I also said, well, Jesus, I said, can I explore new regions? And, and, and I said, you know, and I guess part of my creation, creative process sometimes is like, uh, well, part of his curiosity, part of it is like, uh, I don't want to use the term, uh, I don't know. It's like something in between poetic and r- romantic, uh, but not the kind of romantic, like dancing on a date romantic of like uh, a type of curiosity. I said, geez, w- w- what if Robin did like Batman? Well, like, what would that be like? That, that was where that came from. Uh, but then there is another layer of, uh, 
especially when you get into this stuff. I can't. I guess you can't have a passion that involves passion without it being uh, self uh, having a deep self interest to it. So it was titillating to me on a level, a creative level, to be writing this stuff. And a lot of it, I guess, was maybe it was an archetype for the podcast, like, because I had one, like, me, someone like Scoots, like Drew, and Wonder Woman, and I I would, like, uh, write myself into it. And then I started to, once I started really doing it, I said, okay, let me change it around, you know, to protect myself and also to say, well, I don't have, like, it's not correct, uh, uh, to do that. And, and the strange thing is here in America, this stuff, this is the stuff that gets me called a weirdo or a freak. But over the, over in Europe, oh boy, you know, and, and especially, and, and again, this was d- during some of my rougher times too. So this was the wild days, you know, what could be wilder than writing uh, a superhero based erotica? Uh, it's not wild at all. I'll be honest. It's, it's about as, uh, uh, but, you know, I, I was doing that. But so I went to this big con because I said, well, geez, maybe this will be it. Like, uh, I guess, again, even though there was these other needs I was trying to fulfill, my biggest hole inside me uh, or what I think is the solution for uh, uh, my, my being a human being and that will cure my human condition is certainty. So I said, let me go to this poor odd con. And, you know, let me get some certainty. Let me become the, the most famous uh, uh, su- superhero. Like, uh, And so so I got there. And the theme of that year's convention, the con, was uh, ONPC, which, of course, I didn't even know what it stood for. So I made a hand, did some T-shirts, which is an ONPC. And then I decided on the plane ride to make a character, you know, make that a story. So I said, Omnicron, Owen was a Omnicron ninja. And the sidekick for Omnicron ninja was a poor cousin. And uh, unfortunately, somebody stuck next to me on this cross-Atlantic, uh, transatlantic flight. Holy cow, I feel bad for that. Another person I have to make amends to. But there was something about that flight that I said, "This is it. This is the. This is the. Uh, even though I was writing it by hand in indecipherable handwriting, uh, you know, drinking coffee and, and different things like, uh, I said, this is it. The Omnicron Ninja in the Poor Cousin. So many layers. And then I say, I said, well, she's Poor Cousin. I said, that could be in French. That probably sounds good. Like, I'll just have to translate it to French. Like, Poor Cousin in French probably sounds like, you know, like peasant bread or something. I said, maybe I'll call him peasant bread. And then I said, what is the Omnicron Ninja up against? And I said, okay, let me think. And I said, Arjven. And I said, yeah, that's what they're up against. Arjven is a... Uh, he said, okay, this sounds like a pharmaceutical company, actually. And I said, okay, okay, we're on to it there. Omnicron Ninja and the Poor Cousin versus uh, Arjven. And, then I said, and I guess I was going with the times, you know, so then I said, okay, Brave Vets uh, 2016. I said, well, what about, yeah, there's, a, there's an election based on, they said, well, this sounds too much like all the other plots, like uh, some sort of... Uh, 
you know, anti-superhero genome. So I said, okay, well, let's let's think about what we're going to, Omnicron, who would be best to oppose an Omnicron ninja? And then my, the person next to me said, what is an Omnicron ninja? And I said, well, that's the, na- the name of the character. And there was about that much silence. Uh, and then a, a couple of people in other rows started, I guess I was being, like, they started huffing. So I should have known at this point to just do a sleep podcast. But again, I still thought uh, superhero erotica was going to be my Badur uh, sidekick stories, where I prefer, but uh, was going to be my path to certainty. But I said, an Omnicron, they said, what is an Omnicron Ninja? Though? Why would you be named Omnicron Ninja? And then I stood up, I said, I am Omnicron Ninja. And I said, I don't have the, the uh, tagline yet, but I said, isn't that a pretty good? Maybe the person I said, oh, yeah, yeah, but still, I'm still curious what Omnicron, you know. And I said, well, it's a good, it's a fair question. Let's uh, let's sit down, let's, let's, let's break this out. I said, well, first, they're a ninja. Uh, originally uh, born, I said, uh, some, some, I said, Mino, uh, Something, you know, something French, I think. Omnicron Ninja is going to be French. Uh, uh, she was born. Oh, wait a second. She was the, she was the, uh, uh, Manol Arvin, Arvgen, Arvgen. Like, she is a daughter. I said, because that was all during the 20s and the 10s where these uh, multinationals. So she is the uh, daughter or the grand, no, granddaughter. You got it. Uh, of the Argven uh, Pharmaceuticals, a uh, French uh, f- pharmaceutical company, which invented all these great things in the early, the turn of the century, her grandfather patented and then began to release it, but he still made billions of dollars. And she became a world traveler, but she also became interested in martial arts, uh, you know, due to something they said, due to something with her parents, they said, no, no, her parents are fine. Uh, her father's fine. Her mother, uh, her her mother uh, went to marry this politician, Brevet, uh, who was running for office 2016. Uh, but, you know, her father started to work for the thing, and then he made it into a multinational pharmaceutical company, brought in more money. Uh, but, you know, was never really, you know, was interested in the money part. And she was never interested in it. She was, you know, away at boarding schools and competitive. And it was something else that happened in her past. I'm not sure what it is because uh, this is a sleep podcast, you know. But she, uh, even as a young child, excelled at martial arts and gymnastics and circus arts, of course, just like a lot of the great... Uh, but the artistic side, you know, not to just, uh, you know, more artistic even than Cirque du Soleil. Uh, but then one day, you know, after she graduated from college, you know, her father took her uh, deep into Ardven. You know, the day after her grandfather passed away, her father inherited the company. And she had a great love for her grandfather. And the father took her in and said, you know, geez, we're on the thing of this great discovery. I want to say, you know, I really want you to come work for the company. And she said, no, she said, I don't want to. And he said, well, when you see this, uh, you know, you will. And she said, what is it? He said, uh, he said, this is, uh, this is the Christ- Cristiano vaccine. 
And she said, the Cristiano vaccine. He said, yes, it'll make everyone as beautiful as Cristiano, you know, men. And then, you know, women in a different way. And she said, well, why, why would, would anyone, why, it'll change how they look. He said, well, but, you know, so like plastic surgery he said, no, genetically it'll, he said, we've, we've, we've spliced his gene, you know, the things about his genes, the good stuff and, uh, the good looking genes. And, you know, there was a, there was a whole thing about, well, is the looks important father? Is about his, uh, you know, then the, the family element that pulls on the heartstrings. But then she said, well, how is any of this possible? And he said, I want you to go to the heart of the company, the, to the depths of the company, and show you the the secret of how we've uncovered all this medicine. He goes, your grandfather was just uh, just told me about it, uh, and he wants you to know about it. So she went down into this deep bunker, deep below the Argen headquarters, uh, so deep below, and, and then... Uh, you know, just like you watched a video of her grandfather who said, Oh, hello, Mino. This is Grandpapa. I've gone away now, and uh, I want to tell you about a time when uh, you know, there wasn't this. I think maybe Max von Sydow could play him. Maybe. And he said, I want to tell you about this time that uh, we didn't have, you know, that it was many of these things. There's many great scientists, but there was other things we didn't figure out uh, how to cure, uh, you know, these tricky things. I don't know, I guess it's a little weak point, but they say, and then my see said, well, what about the erotica part of the Bedour? I said, don't worry, this is, the, this is, he said, this is story making right now. I said, can I get back? And he said, oh, man, no. I, uh, you know, a lot of people thought your grandfather was a great genius, but in reality, and then these metal doors open. What is the secret is, is this Omnicron crystal. And then this is a long backstory part. So I'll just give you the short stuff is that, uh, grandfather WW1, he's on the front lines, his space, space thing crashes, you know, meteorite he was lost after he rescued a bunch of people and he's also cold and he goes to meteorite to stay warm uh he discovers the omnicron crystal brings it back yada 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 you know saves all the does a bunch of great stuff it decides that it's best to keep the crystal and then the grandfather cuts in she says father i still don't understand like how does a crystal help us uh you know, keep, keep, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then the father says, well, it's not just a crystal, dear. It's a form of communication, a living form of communication. And she says, what do you mean? And then he, re, re, then the father starts to like cycle in and out or something. And she said, wait a second. He goes, it's, uh, he goes, I'm not really your father. I'm a being from the Omnicron world, uh, and then they say, then things advance very fast. Again, I'm going to skip it. It ends up the father and the mother and Bravette uh, are all working for this planet, another planet, Omnicron. Even her grandfather was in cahoots, and they said that they actually had a plan to, I guess these Omnicron people are really good looking. And they said, well, geez, we could only, Cristiano Ronaldo, and like maybe they said, you know, America would be like Derek Jeter or something. 
you know, they had much better taste than Americans. They said, no, 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 we, you know, because they wanted to repopulate our planet, I guess, or be, be re, um, so it's, it's just this advanced through so, so she, she says, oh, no. So they, they, they said the Omnicron bomb is ready to launch. And then she jumped on the bomb. It launched, uh, and it shot into space uh, and then shot back down because she was trying to stop it, and she was using it. And, of course, it crashed. And then my seaman says, this when it gets into the door part? I said, pretty much, pretty much, I said, because then uh, – like a crash and like across Europe, it's, this is an alternative history, clearly. Uh, or maybe just one country we could be. say, What do you think about that? It may seem it may have said, uh, just keep going, man. I said, Okay, thanks. I said, Yeah, maybe a small Monaco. I said, Is that the best or Liechtenstein or Portugal? I said, Okay, crash. It made everybody in that country extremely good looking. Oh, I said, Sweden. I said, That's already true there. Denmark, uh, what other countries? Ireland, UK, Germany, Australia, Canada, United States. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. So you just picture the country you're in in your head, and that's the one the good-looking bomb hit. But she was on it, and uh, as a, the uh, look of Cristiano Ronaldo, in a way beyond androgyny, that caused everyone to just look, uh, you know, good-looking. I don't know what else to say in, in a subjective or objective way. Uh, she was at Minot was on the bomb and she actually fused with the Omnicron crystal, which was not supposed to, you know, the Omnicron, I don't know what, what space race they were actually, but, uh, you know, she had fused with the Omnicron crystal and the only way she found, like, so now she was an Omnicron ninja. Uh, so they, they said, does that answer your question about the Omnicron ninja? And he said, what is it? He goes, could you explain to me the Omnicron part or the Badur part? And they said, the Badur part's pretty easy. Like, she realized that the only way, you know, wasn't just good looks. Of course, no alien invaders just want good looks only. You know, all of a sudden, this country started to, you know, get build up its military-industrial complex and... You know, they say they call themselves the new colonists, and they started saying we're gonna, you know, export our good looks across the globe. And she realized that she, as the Omnicon crystal, the only way she could de, de good look, you know, bring people back to normal looking, to decrystal them was to feel, you know, since she was the Omnicon ninja now, it was either to ninja them or bedore them. And then my the seatmate said, uh, "Got it, okay." So they said you could fill in the blanks with that, you know, however long it would you, you would want to. I, I said that stuff writes itself, believe me, because they've written, you know, that's all I'm really good at writing is that stuff. Uh, is the pale moonlight, the Omnicron ninja, slid open the door, and she opened the French doors. And crept across the kitchen to the kitchen door. As she opened the kitchen door, it creaked and I lied in my bed in the pale moonlight. And I heard feet crossing the hall and opening the hall door. And then the bathroom door opened. And he said, what's with the doors? They said, it builds, builds anticipation. I said, is your anticipation built? He said, no. 
And I said, yeah, well, for uh, $12.99, it could be. And I said, touche. I said, can you get back to the superhero part, though? Because I said, so I said, she had did, Minoh had did, she was now the Omicron Ninja. And she had to battle this country. Mostly it was battling and actually not very much fusing. Only the people that she saw good in would she fuse with. But it was also not, you know, it was pleasurable, obviously, because it was Badur and it was f- fantastical. Uh, but it was also exhausting and not emotionally satisfying. And so uh, she traveled to the countryside, you know, looking for some interior peace and solace where she met this uh, this country family. And they were named the Roths, I think. Uh, and they were bread makers and they had a son. And Mano said to the son, she said, geez, you know, would you ever want to be a ninja? He said, nah, I'm, I'm just not, I'm nothing but poor cousin. I'm not their kid anyway. I'm just their cousin, their poor cousin. And she said, are you an American? And he said, uh, darn tootin' I am. And so if you can't figure that out, this is like a uh, European novel. So it's kind of, you know, we're at our expense a little bit, the poor cousin. And so the poor cousin eventually became her sidekick as she, you know, sought solace. And she actually met another, uh, another level of a ninja master out there. The poor cousin, uh, the grandfather of the family he was staying at, uh, he was like a RCT MHR, which is like a royal, uh, contingent, uh, transient, uh, master of the, the harming rituals, like some sort of strange martial art. And so she trained with him and then she trained the poor cousin, you know, th- again, those are just like jokes based on America. Like, you know, uh, uh, how to wear shoes instead of trainers and, uh, you know, wearing a belt and a watch and not jeans, you know, ironing clothes, speaking with proper diction. None of it worked. It, that was like the, the, the comic book part. And then people on the plane there, I thought this was Badur. Can we get back to the Badur? I said, that's the right. I said, this is what I said. I, even if this isn't in the story, I need to know it is the creator. And at some point this like transferred, I think I fugue stated because then I found myself at a panel doing this exact. So maybe I explained it twice, but then I'm up at a panel at poor, you know, poor con explaining the same thing. And you could say slack jawed. Holy cow. People were like, what? And I said, well, this is like the uh, formulation story here because she, she was still, Almost to further in her training, uh, but of course the uh, the the Omnicrons, the creators of the Omnicron crystal, they weren't done. So they actually sent another alien race to Earth, uh, the Higuian, uh, which were a giant race of giants, uh, space giant, space alien giants. And then people said, "Is this?" An-? And I said, "It could be." They said, because maybe they all, they were all uh, extremely, oh no, because they came from another planet. They said, I guess they could have the Omnicrons come instead of the Higuians. And they said, yeah, 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 beautiful space. They said, but they don't, they don't plan on doing us any good. And they said, she already had to sleep with half of Liechtenstein. And then I actually got a laugh, uh. 
but, but I said to, to, to decrystallize them as the Omnicron Ninja. And he said, I don't know, I guess you're right. Maybe I should just stick to the straight erotica because I don't know what would happen next. I guess if the she could defeat the Higuians, but that would be pretty standard battle. Uh, poor cousin finally has to do something, so she probably gets caught by the Higuians. They actually take her back to her planet. Then that would be like a, a you know, one section, one where it's laughs, where poor country cousin, country cousin, poor country cousin or whatever tries to find, you know, because also Americans, they say, are bad at directions. And uh, they said, was, was, uh, and they said, speaking too, I said, you got it, buddy. Thank you, uh, mon frere. So the the poor country cousin has to fly to the other planets, uh, maybe make may, maybe lands on some love planet, fat, you know, so you can get I can get something in there. And then there was a, I said it's people who were already raising. I said it's not time for the Q and A, and they said yeah, it's like an hour past the time. For the, I said well, let's keep it going. We have got a crowd here to entertain. And he said then the country cousin rescues her. And that's the point, I said, because this was supposed to be about, I thought this was a sidekick one, like the country cousin's been in love with the Omnicron Ninja the whole time. And, uh, you know, they're supposed to go back to Earth to fix all the stuff with their father's company and the good-looking bomb. And and then the country cousin said, well, why don't we just go... And the country cousin was, uh, like, a lovable character. And I said, well, maybe this is like uh, even more irritating because she's realized that she also loved a country cousin. And she did. so then they travel back to Earth and they break into the Arvigent labs or whatever. And she says, uh, I think we maybe we could use all this equipment uh, to spread your DNA back at the planet that the... Uh, uh, the Omnicrons live on because their country cousin was like, eh, you know. So they did that. Then they created a new Omnicron crystal bomb. They bombed that planet. It was, the planet was called uh, Paneka, I think. And uh, all the people of that planet, that looked like they thought, actually, the thing was that, that this was funny. This was like the like a joke. It was like they thought they were like, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo level, good looking. Uh, it turns out they weren't, but just once this bomb hit, they realized, oh, wow, we, uh, and they just all thought they still looked good, but their neighbors, they said, well, you don't look good anymore. Not as good as me. And they said, well, why don't you look in the mirror? You're a schlub too. And they said, schlub, that's an American term, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so that planet just uh, self-destructed. So then they returned to Earth again, job done, Earth saved for the time being. And they retired to the countryside, poor country cousin, you know, for for just for this one. And the poor country cousin, you know, they decided that they were, they like, professionally, they were an Omnicron ninja and a sidekick, you know, because they made sure, I don't know, this is seeming more, this is, I guess, very European. It's got a humorous aspect to it. Uh, I say, Scooch, you don't know it. Well, that's what they said at the panel, too, so don't worry. Uh, but they would go to the country, like in between, you know, when they needed the Omnicron Ninja, they would call her Mano. And she was beautiful. 
and you know, always like training to defend defend the world. Uh, with her, or mostly Europe. Uh, she stuck to Europe mostly, and they lived in the French countryside. Sometimes the Italian country. You know, they they got around, uh, but they loved each other. Uh, a love that grew out of. She said, "Well, she said I like this country cousin." And it kind of irritated her, you know, the family she had left and his family thought she was, you know, so uh, thought she was at stuff and educated. And everyone said, what are you doing with this country cousin? Like, you're so brutish and uh, goofy. But he was a goofy she liked. Uh, he would call her his Aguero. And he would dress up like in salsa dancing in the evenings. They'd sit on the porch barefoot you know, drinking and listening to the stars, you know, what you can do if you try. And he would dance for her, make her laugh, and sing her poem. He'd say, oh, my Omnicron Ninja. And again, my see they said, where is, is this the Bedour party? I said, well, no, this is actually, this is like a romance. And oh no, this was at the con. And they said, "Well, this is a. There's no. There's no erotic. This is boring." And they said, "Well, dude, you haven't. I haven't done the poetry yet." Uh, and they said, "Well, what's going to happen?" I said, "Well, they'll make love later, but uh, he's going to do some poetry." She's barefoot. Did I tell you that part? Her feet are up. That's very uh, enticing. She's in a uh, like a French countryside dress. She has this beautiful smile with a little gap in her front teeth. Uh, and she's also a ninja. Can you imagine what a ninja looks like in a French summer dress? Uh, everyone said, yeah, but that's what we want to imagine. And then uh, and I said, well, maybe I, I guess you're not ready for this kind of uh, badour. This is more badour, I guess, than erotica. You're correct. They said her feet. Did I tell you she, she has no, she you know, and it's got, what are those called, spaghetti straps on there? So her shoulders are bare, and she has a wonderful neck. Did I, have I told you about her neck? Nothing. I said, you, you said, I thought this was Europe. I thought this was a place where necks were appreciated, napes. And that's what uh, the country cut, and they said, you're the country cousin, aren't you? I said, what? I said, hey, busy. I said, oh, it's a nape, oh. The nape of the neck. My Omnicron ninja. I suspect. My lips will touch. And drink from that cup. And then they started getting it. They said, we need more details. They said, what do you mean more details? They said, uh. They said, maybe she's kicking. Have you seen her laugh? Can you picture when she laughs at his hilarious jokes? I said, maybe she has some fruit. I said, is that good for you? I, like, she's eating fruit uh, slowly, uh, sucking on the pit of a cherry, watching the poor country cousin and his, uh, his goofy acts uh, uh, giggling. Oh, and now she's savoring the pit and looking him over, and her look changes. Her fingers to her lips. As she draws the pit out of her mouth and holds it in her teeth. Now it's enveloped in her lips. As she considers the country cousin with her eyes. She leans forward and looks at him. 
he was in the middle of a gyrating, strange, spastic dance. And he pauses and accepts the look. His shoulders uh, roll back and his heart starts to beat harder as he locks eyes with her. He drifts on the breeze and he hears the sound of the stars further in sync with his heartbeats. She doesn't move a muscle, but still she calls him over and he responds across the yard to the porch with a slow, steady walk. But just at the end, he picks up his pace to a hustle, bounds off the edge of the swing. Her two feet hit the floor with a smack at the same time as she reaches out his hand into his. He pulls her close. Their bodies connect and there's a spark of an Omnicron but it's indetectable, masked by the spark of their passion for one another. She laughs a deep, hearty laugh, nothing like the laughs of the earlier the evening. She laughs at the moon as it shines on the nape of her neck. As he considers it in the moonlight, his other hand opens the screen door. And she backs in slowly, holding him against her. She spits the pit out the door and into the front yard. She leans back. And they float across the threshold. And I said, and then everybody was kind of speechless. And I said, uh, what happened? Did I fugue state again? I'm sorry. And then it was still quiet. And then I guess that's when I knew I was in the wrong place because people were stunned. But then they said, we need more. I said, you can't fill in the details after that. And they said, what happened next? And I said, "You? what do you mean what happened next? A lot happened. You know what I'm saying? And they said, well, we need details. They said, well, Omnicron crystals sparked in the moonlight. Didn't you hear that part? Napes were nuzzled. There was nuzzling of napes. And they said, yeah, but in the kitchen or the living room? I said, what do you mean? They said, they floated across the threshold. They said, do you need something more like in the summer breeze? Closed the screen door, and the stars went silent. Something like that. They said, "No, no, no!" Like what? Uh, which? Uh, and they said, "Oh, I guess this isn't. I guess I didn't have a misunderstanding of what erotic is. I'm sorry." And then, yeah, then I was asked never to return to that con again. So that was it. That was my. Uh, attempt at a sidekick erotica boudoir. Uh, I think I'm sweating a little bit though. Oh boy. So uh, that's the end. Let's do some thank yous and good nights.